You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcast number 401. While guys away, the gas will play. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. That's it, 401. Contest is over. Everybody's sad, I'm sad. And I've got a little bit of a story about a little mistake I made, but I'll come on to that later. Now, as you can hear, it's a little bit quiet with just the sole voice of the gaz. But luckily, as Guy is rather busy with work and couldn't make today, we have a special, special, very special guest on the other end of the line. His name is Scott. Scott Wilsey from the Pocket Size Podcast. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? Hello, Gaz. How are you? I think you mean the soulful voice of Gaz, not the soul voice. Probably. <laughs> I never know what I mean. You know, that's me all over. But thanks for correcting me. It's the last time you come on. You're welcome. <laughs> so I was hoping... <laughs> Go on. I thought I thought you might boot me right away, and then I would get out of this list of obligations that I have. To. <laughs> well, this is payback time for me, of course. Absolutely, and I do owe you. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Once this is complete, that's it. We're even completely. In fact, I probably owe you. To be perfectly well, in fact, to be perfectly honest with you, I won't owe you. Guy will owe you. But there you go. That's that's another story. Now, um, other than being busy with work, and Guy had a very important meeting which he couldn't get out of, and that's why I'm recording today, and almost semi-thankful I'm recording in, well, it's it's late afternoon for me, so, I'm you know, the sky has got light in it, so I'm quite pleased, to be perfectly honest with you. However, Scott is, I think it's the other end of the day for him, it's quite early for him, but um, he was quite pleased to, to do it this early, so I'm even more pleased. Now, other absolutely. Th- yeah, absolutely. Other than being really busy with work, Guy has, some of you may know, has been extremely busy sending out, well, he said a million emails to winners of the 400th podcast contest. But to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think we had a million w- winners. So I think he's exaggerating a little bit. Um, now, I do know that he's been sending a lot out because I've been in copy. And I've got to say, I've got to put my hands up here. I made a bit of a boob when it came to uh, the podcast as we had somebody in the list of winners that we basically said, aha, no, he works for a certain company and we've had to pull him out. (laughs) Well, I got a rather uh, anxious tweet from that person who said, I don't work for a particular company, which is boinks. I don't work. I've never worked for them. Oh, dear. And after lots of communication with Klaus, all is well. Um, he actually was quite, he was quite looking forward to you know taking the mickey out of us, to be perfectly honest with you, for making the mistake. And he was quite happy with that fact. Um, but as it happens, another uh, winner of one of the, the items said that the particular software uh, he'd won was going to be of no use to them. Um, they'd either got it or that they particularly didn't uh, didn't think they were ever going to use it. So they were quite happy for it to go back into the um, the pool of prizes. And so Klaus actually has got a prize and he's extremely happy and actually did say, no, 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 it's OK. It's OK. I was just basically going to use the opportunity to uh, wind both the guy and Gaz up. But uh, we sorted it out. So he's now happy. And I think we'll probably have uh, Klaus who was the person who should have won a prize, and then we took away and then put it back. Um, We'll probably have him on the show very soon. Now, at this point, uh, Scott, we normally have a a quick chat about what we've been doing with our Macs recently, and uh, I think I've just gone through a little brief uh, resume, uh, a resume of what I've been doing. How about you? Have you been using your Mac very much recently, or, or do you just use as your... Uh, podcast indicates uh, your pocket-sized um, device that you have from 
that company that we're quite uh, uh, quite in favour of. Yes, the company that we won't mention in case they yank us from iTunes. <laughs> I uh, I have been using my Mac a lot lately, and I'll tell you why. Because my wife went to San Francisco for a few days, and my daughter went to Grandma's. So I have been camped out in front of my computer. If I'm not out riding my bike, I've been sitting in front of my computer. It's been beautiful. But I do primarily use iOS devices. I use uh, lately, I've been using my iPad most of all when I'm at home, and I use my iPhone the most when I'm out. Um, but uh, of course, when I'm doing podcasting and stuff like that, and photo editing, I'm always on the Mac. But I've been uh, so for the last few days, I've been dealing with some podcast issues, working on that, doing a lot of that on the Mac, and then I've just kind of been camping out, doing other stuff on the Mac. I've played a few games, uh, listened to some music, and then tried to deal with an issue with my podcast. So. Well, we'll certainly come on to that issue later. You and I had a, a quick conversation. Uh, was it yesterday? It was. I think it was yesterday, yeah. And we, uh, I think you're probably going to put that out in your feed. And it was, I don't know, about 20 or 30 minutes long, I think, the conversation uh, about your yeah. podcast. But we'll, we'll have a quick overview after the, after the second break, I think, about what happened to you, just so uh, people are aware of the issues us podcasters may have. Just in case there's a few people that I haven't whined at, I can reach them now. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Because, you know, we need to have a whine, Kate. Right. Um, Right. So, well, that sounds great. That sounds... Do you you have just an iPhone and an iPad or just just an iPhone and iPad and a Mac or... Yeah, iPhone, iPad and Mac. I've had various... Over the years, I've had several different Macs. I I actually... uh, I came back to Mac again in 2004. Right before they came out with the Intel, right before they switched right. over to Intel, right. And uh, I had had the original 128k Mac when it first came out, way back in '84. And uh, so you were a real switcher backwards and forwards then. Oh yeah, yeah. I primarily switched from Mac because of my job, right. and then I went back to Mac, and then uh, I've been with it, with Mac ever since. And uh, yeah, so I've had several different Macs over the past few years, but right now I've got myself a nice little 2011 Mac Mini. Which I believe you do as well. Um, yes, I, I, I'm a. I think I'm a bit of a Mac Mini fan, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, I think people who actually own the Mac Minis do become fans of them. They they like they become one of the family, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're a great computer. I've yeah. got actually, I've got two. One of them is my daughter's now, but we also serve up iTunes movies off of it for the Apple TV. Excellent. Uh, that's what I like to hear. So, Steve, now. Something very exciting. Did you, did, you, did you like the way I did that? Yeah, but it's kind of frightening when a dead guy just... <laughs> um. I like frightening people. So would you like to take the first item on the MyMac.com uh, website, one of the articles? I would love to take it. Excellent. Uh, the, first, the first one is Passware, Password Kit Forensic 11.5, Review Security for Windows. I don't know what that means. That's a mouthful. By Peter Nicolaitis. Who is you, this guy? You know this guy, don't you? I do know this guy. And <laughs> I'm not sure if I should admit it or not. He's for anybody that doesn't know, he's my co-host on Pocket Size Podcast, among other things. Yeah. And, but I'm not responsible for anything he puts here. Peter. That should say your, your, not your. That's your. That's my mistake. You're lucky we're mentioning this one. We really should just spit. Actually, could it, that doesn't actually appear on, uh, on the review, folks. That was my no, comment. That was my commentary. Well, Peter's <laughs> used to spitting. Uh, anyway, password, password, password kit forensic. It's a password recovery and cracking system, and it works on many different file types, and it costs almost one thousand dollars. So this is not for the average home user hacker wannabe who wants to crack all your passwords. This is. This is a professional tool. Absolutely. Peter works in uh, computer network and computer security, by the way. That's probably why he's interested in this kind of thing. Excellent. And it's, as it said in the, uh, the title, it's a security, uh, it's a review and it's uh, security software or a password uh, forensic kit for Windows only. So that's why I said we should really spit. But I know. Why? I don't understand him. He must not understand. This is, I believe this is the first article he's written for my Mac. Well, then we should encourage him. We should encourage him. Well done, Peter. Yeah, let's but, encourage him to go right for my windows yeah, or something. Yeah, but let's, he's still lucky. Should just spit, but never mind. Anyway, the next item is the Universal Tablet Headrest. Uh, it's a mount from Bracketron. Um, it's 
basically just for your iPad. It's a review from Kurt Blanchard. Bracketron provides a clever way to securely mount an iPad or any other tablet to the headrest of one of the forward seats in your car. And uh, Kurt gives that an 8 out of 10. So go over and take a read. Now, I'm assuming it mounts to the back of the headrest, not the front. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the front seat, and it's the back right. of the front seat, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Much better than what I had in mind. All right. And it would be Kurt, uncomfortable, wouldn't it, otherwise? It would be awkward, yeah. It, keep, and now, Kurt is uh, moving on with Bracketron again, and he also reviews their universal tablet cup holder mount. And it's a tablet mount. It's a multi-part device that fits into your car's cup holder. And uh, he, he says it does a nice job in spite of its complexity. He also says it has a bit of a serious flaw, which, to be honest, is not the device's fault. Or actually, I should say the complexity is what he says is the serious flaw. And it's not the device's fault, but you'll have to read the review to find out what that is. Yeah. yeah and that, he gives it a MyMac rating, 7 out of 10. Are, are you a fan of uh, cup mount? Hold, uh, cu- sorry. Cup Let me ma- start over. Are you, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Are you a fan of those things? <laughs> uh No. No, I must I'm admit, not I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I think I think you can actually um, the the floor actually is something else. To be honest with you, Scott, but it's uh, you can, people are going to need to read to find out what he thinks that floor is. So, but okay. as I say, I don't think it's the device's fault. But no, I think it just makes it makes your vehicle too too busy, as, far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, you usually have to look down too low. They're 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 not solid enough to keep the device from yeah. moving around. Yeah. But it, I mean, it gives it a fair rating. So anyway, go over mm-hmm. and take take a read. So I think it does a good job in what it does. It's just what it could, what it could do is the problem. I think, mm-hmm. okay. and and I think Kurt must actually have been working for Bracketron. But there again, <gasps> I, I've got to be careful there because I've assumed someone works for a company before. And been I know wrong. you're just all about accusing people of working for different companies. <laughs> You're, you're, you're getting Klaus to send his resume in and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> anyway, Kurt also takes a look at the uh, Twist 360, an iPad stand. It has four spring clips to securely grip the iPad, as well as many other tablets and e-readers. Um, with the device attached, the iPad can be propped up on a table or other flat surface. And Kurt gives that an 8 out of 10. I can't imagine who you're going to tell people I work for. Okay. <laughs> uh... Acropolis. I'm a little confused here, guys. You might have to help me out. It says Acropolis, Tech Fan Podcast 74. Oh, this is Tim and David talking in Tech Fan. Yeah. So I don't know. If people are not listening to Tech Fan, they should, by the way, just an aside there. Yes. But Tim and David talk about SkyDrive and many other items. And at the end of the show, David admits to owning a certain European country. Wowzers. Wowzers. Yeah. Wow. He owns a European country. (laughs) You'll have to listen to find out. And next we've got a review from Vicky Stokes, which is the Just Mobile Highway. Um, It's a car charger for the iPhone, iPad, and other USB power devices. Um, Basically, it fits into your your car charger. So I I didn't quite know how much to put on here. So basically, Vicky gives it an 8 out of 10. Go take a read. Get Snow Leopard for free! But wait, that's not all! Oh, wait, this is not one of those... (laughs) Here's a how-to iOS by Mark Greentree. In this case, the deal is legitimate and helps many MobileMe users take the next step to becoming iCloud users. This offer does not extend to non-MobileMe subscribers. <laughs> it's interesting to note, uh, even though it says I, I'm not sure who's speaking here. Even really, though I Mark. have already made the... Huh? It's Mark who's speaking there. Oh, okay. Mark is saying it's interesting to note, even though he's made the transition from I to iCloud from MobileMe, that Apple's still willing to send him a free copy of Snow Leopard. Basically, the, the background on this is if you want to, up, to upgrade to iCloud, on the Mac, you've got to have Lion. And in order to get Lion, you have to have at least Snow Leopard. Or you're not going to have access to the Mac App Store to download Lion. So that's why Apple's making a copy of Leopard for, Snow Leopard for free. Anyway, read the article, and Mark will tell you how to get that done. <laughs> and then he'll, he'll say it in his own voice instead of me trying to, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm I love confused. it. I love it. We we just try to do a pricey of what's on there because you know yeah. it, it, it's the first segment. It should only be twenty minutes long, and we've probably gone I'm, too long. I'm an already, amateur, folks. No, 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 no. You're not an amateur. Far from it, actually, Scott. Far from it. But um, you know, I've thrown you into the deep end, and you've not got a clue what I've written down. So that's who's who's the UK apprentice? Who who does that? You can use that voice and say you're fired. <laughs> oh, it's Alan Sugar. You're fired. 
in it, mate. <laughs> I don't know how he speaks. I can't do an impression of Alan Sugar. Sorry, Sir Alan Sugar. Sorry, Lord Alan Sugar. Oh, oh Lord Sugar. Lord Sugar he is. God knows why he's a lord, but there you go. <laughs> anyway, we've had some feedback on email. Um, and basically, well, we've had rather a lot, so I'll, I'll just flip through a few of them. Um, hi, Guy and Gaz. Thanks a lot for this superb prize. Obviously, this is from a winner. Just last night, I was in tunes wondering when episode 400 would appear and couldn't find anything. And now I get the prize even before I've had the chance to listen to the 400th episode. How great is that? Thanks Ooh. a lot. And that's greetings from Chris uh, Winterholter. You know, um, you guys should wait until people actually listen to give them the prize. <laughs> Otherwise, they're just going to be off. Yeah, they're not. And never listen see, to the it. thing is, they're never, yeah, that's it. They're not going to listen to the 400th show now, are they? Anyway, hi, guy. Woo, seems like I've actually won something from you guys. Last time I won anything was about 20 years ago. <laughs> well, there you go, Vaughn. Keep listening. That's how long this podcast has been running. It could have been on this one. <laughs> it could have been. Um, another one that says, hey, yeah, I can't believe I won a prize. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Keep us laughing. Well, that's what we tried to do. You know, we enjoy doing it. And after this, Scott certainly is not going to enjoy doing it, I don't think. Um, the, the shy, the show carries him. Uh, let me read that again. The show reminds me of a carry on movie. That's from Fitz John Baptiste. Actually, that is a very accurate description. I don't know if any of our Amer American friends ever see any of the carry on movies, but they're a particularly British, um, I won't say invention, but, um, they're a particularly type of British movie, which, um, Happened back in the late, um, mid to late sixties and early seventies, and uh, so it's a genre. You're telling me it is a bit of a genre. Yeah, there are many characters. The, the Carry On films are a genre of their own, and they're a comedy, and uh, they're a little bit. Oh, I was going to say they're a little bit Benny Hill like, but they're not really. They're just totally they're purely British humour, good for a laugh, which is what we try and do. Yes. Um. Hi, Guy. I'm excited. I quite like this one. He says, I knew hanging in and putting up with you guys every week would pay off. <laughs> wow. It's almost as winning, good as winning a Wooty. Almost. Seriously, though, I really enjoy your show and have a great laugh each week. I uh, love you long time from Devon. So thank you very much, thank you very much Devon. You can um, stop loving him now, Devon. Yeah. <laughs> um, G-Men, excellent show number 400. See, this is somebody who listened to it before he knew. Uh, my compliments. I claim a prize for being mentioned three times. I am Thomas Walker on Facebook. I am DR or Dr. Dream on iTunes. And you read my People's Pick review of the Mad Magazine app. All your laughing was so nice to hear. I chuckled when Guy read another listener drove 200 miles a day. That isn't half of my 544 miles a day. That's from, that's from Gary Apter. Now, Gary, if you don't subscribe to uh, the Pocket Size podcast, then you should do, because that will help you on your 544 miles a day. Yes, it'll it'll add 10 minutes worth of enjoyment. To it, <laughs> 10 minutes? Well, that's more than we put put out there, I can assure you, Scott. Um, would you like to take the uh, the reply on Twitter from uh, Mark Shepard? Absolutely, our friend Mark Shepard. And by the way, I want to say some of these people are listeners of mine as well, and I know them and I, I love them. Long time also. Mark <laughs> Shepard says, Guy and Gaz, I just won the opportunity to listen to the My Mac podcast into infinity, maybe beyond. <laughs> how do you, I don't, how do you have to listen to the, or he won the opportunity to listen to the My He's Mac podcast? He's won the opportunity just because we do it, you see. Oh, oh, wow. You see, Everybody's a winner. Everybody's a winner. You're all winners. Okay. Uh, Greg Ball uh, wrote, uh, wow, thanks, Guy and Gaz. Congratulations to everyone who's been involved in the MyMac.com podcast over the years. So, yeah. Brilliant. I mean, we're now through the 400. I, th you know, I mistakenly thought that once the 400th show was finished, that would be it. But of course, there is always a little bit of residue to clear up. So uh, it'll probably go on for a little bit longer. But thanks to everybody who took part and congratulations to all the winners. And uh, let's move on. Now, we have a phobie word of the day. I don't know if you uh, you realize that, um, Scott, I nearly called you guy then. Um, I do. I, I do realize it. And I've been puzzling over this word and I've refused to cheat. So I'm staring at the word. Well, that's brilliant. So w would you like to have a go at pronouncing it? Because you'll probably make a better effort of it than I would. You say tomato. I say nomatophobia. <laughs> that's very good. I like it. Nomatophobia. Yes. Yes. 
Would you like okay. to have a guess? Because I normally ask. Why? Right. Like, Why do you do this to me? If you uh, like, I do not like know to. what it means. You'd, okay. I, nomato. A nomato. You I see, no, no can, can I tell you what Guy, Guy would actually guess after what you yeah. just said? He would say it's yeah. a fear of tomatoes. Uh, actually, I think it's the fear of no tomatoes. Uh, or, or the fear of no tomatoes. There you go. Actually, it's a fear of names. Oh, well, I have a, I don't have a fear of names. I just promptly forget them all, so I don't even know who you are anymore. But I know I know who you are. I just don't know who you are. Good. Why are people... For how, how does this happen? I, I, I don't know. I think if you look hard enough, there's probably a fear of everything. You just yeah. have to oh. look hard enough. That's now, what I have. Now, I haven't, yeah, I haven't got a Tech News of the Weird because I think we're going to have a Tech News of the Weird after the second break, to be perfectly honest with you, with uh, something that Scott's going to be talking about. But uh, we'll come to that a little bit later. You see, I'm, I'm trying to keep everybody on tenterhooks about this, Scott, you see. Okay. Um, and so I best take us out. So stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. Oh, hey, Kevin. It seems like it's been a long time since I've seen you. Uh, anything new? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I just won the lottery. You won the lottery? Yeah, the knowledge lottery. I found the Mac Specialist podcast on the Stoplight Network, available on iTunes. Lots of fun facts and interesting things about anybody who's a Mac owner and wants to know more about using OS X, iOS, or any Apple device out there. You should check it out. Are they going to talk about Google stuff? Uh, well, the one guy will. He's such a fanboy. Scott, can you fix me up? Um, that might be easier said than done, but okay, who with? With John Nemo. Uh, yeah, Nemo's already married and has a grown daughter? No. I mean fix me up with a set of headphones so I can listen to Nemo's all-new App Minute podcast. sound clips than any iTunes library. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to the second section of the MyMac.com podcast with myself and a, well, a fellow podcaster. And I'm, I think I treat him as a friend, Mr. Scott Wilsey of the Pocket Podcast. Um, are you still I, there? You haven't disappeared on me, have you, Scott? You're still there, aren't no, you? No, I'm still here. I think you treat me as a friend. <laughs> I have to tell you, you know what? Live to tape stuff, well... This is different. So, anyway, my, that's my way of apologizing unreservedly. <laughs> it, well, at this point in time, you really don't have to apologize at all. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. A bit of a frog in the throat. And actually, that's funny, because just before we started recording, um, my daughter came in just to tell me that she'd seen a very colorful frog and she'd put it back in the in the pond. <laughs> now so, she can't find it. I wonder where it is. Anyway, a few weeks ago, somebody asked if it was possible for me to go over the story of um, me getting my old negatives digitized. So basically, I thought I'd uh, just put a few words down and, and try and go over that. And Scott, if you've got any thoughts or you've got any questions, please throw them my way. This isn't a comprehensive review of one particular company. It's more a review of the process as I saw it. So uh, I'm not really going to give you any prices or anything because they can vary from company to company. Um, but anyway, here, here are my thoughts. Firstly, you've got to make sure that you put some time aside for the process. Um, one of the reasons I, I, I kind of said that is because initially, if I was going to scan the items myself, I, I was thinking just how much time I'd have to put to one side. But actually, um, unless you've got a great filing system, uh, filing system for your negatives, uh, and you've got a supreme cross-reference to all of those printed copies uh, to your negatives, you'll find yourself carefully inspecting each negative strip um, you know, trying to decide which should and shouldn't be sent off uh, for the for converting. This raises basically a slight problem, um, especially for me, in so much as a whole strip of images uh, would actually get converted. 
um, as the company uh, would charge a higher price to digitize individual parts of a strip of images. <clears throat> now, this generally wasn't a problem, but it may mean that you'll get digitized copies of images that you're perhaps not so keen on having converted. It could work the other way. You might miss one and, um, you know, a strip of four uh, negatives that you've got or however uh, wide the strip of um, negatives you've got has got. Um, you, you may find one on there that comes back which you weren't expecting, but that's going to be a lot rarer, of course. Uh, another thing is going to be keeping track of the packs that you've gone through. I know this sounds really silly, but if you've got a big box and you've got thousands of negatives like I have, you will start picking the boxes out, going through the negatives, putting the pack down, having a go through the negatives and perhaps putting them back in the pack. And unless you start marking those um, packs up, the ones that you've gone through and the ones that you haven't gone through, you will suddenly find yourself thinking, looking at three or four different piles of packets, thinking, did I go through those? Did I go through those? Did, did Why I... did I take 20 pictures of this mule? <laughs> There is that as well. Yes. It must have been a fantastic mule. And do I need them all converting? <laughs> um, <laughs> so another thing that goes on to that is basically, you know, you've got to mark those, uh, the sheets that you pull out that you're going to send off. Because when you get them back, if you intend to keep those negatives, <laughs> are you going to keep them and then put them back in their original location? Because if you don't, you'll just have a bigger mess than you did before. So all of this actually does need a little bit of thought for, and that's, you know, just be aware, everybody, just be aware, you know, the the amount of time that you could spend on buying a scanner, <clears throat> scanning it yourself and going through the process, you know, you think, well, all of that goes away. Well, indeed it does, but there are other bits. And I suppose, actually, I'm being a bit silly here, aren't I, Scott? Because I suppose you'd have to do that same bit of the process anyway, even if you were going to scan them yourselves. Yeah, so a little bit of the management goes away when you when they come back, though, because you've still got them all on hand. And in theory, it might be a little easier on that that end of the project. But yeah, it's there's still a huge management involved. It depends on how many pictures you have, but for... I know in my family, my dad especially, we've got so many old photos, and uh, his are all in slide format, so he gets away from the little strip issue that you have. But yeah, it, yeah. it's a it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's an organizational nightmare. Totally. So basically, once I had all those negatives I wanted uh, to send off, my next process was to mark each of those outer packages, um, because the company that I was going to send them to, when they um, basically we're going to send those files back. They would use the name that I'd written on the uh, packets uh, onto the digitized, digitized files. So I had some sort of idea what I was looking at at each digitized file when it, when it was sent back to me on a CD. Yes, I said CD. It's actually a DVD, but it comes back on a uh, one of those disky things. Which, one of those flat, shiny things yeah, that Steve yeah. Jobs tried to put out of business. So part of the process, obviously, was as I pulled out and decided that I was going to actually send a file off, I would then write down, because I very luckily, on the packs of photos that we'd got, um, we basically wrote a little bit of brief information about the year, month, or where it was. So I used that information, obviously, to write on each of the packs as I sent them off. But, of course, each pack you send off, if you send an individual pack off you can't rename it the same thing. So you have got to put, you know, let's say you used month and year, which is pretty much what I did. You might then want to put slash one, slash two, slash three, whatever. So that's what I used. I used a basic month uh, and year uh, naming convention um, because I'd probably tag all the images with other data once I'd got them back and imported into my um, image storage of client of choice, which I think most of you know that uh, I actually use iPhoto. Um, although I still get lambasted about that generally uh, in Twitter. Shall, shall I lambast you? Will it make you feel better? I'll tell you, you could do if you want to, yeah. It make me feel better. Curse you! That's all I got. I okay. use iPhoto too, but I, I use iPhoto for family photos, and then I use Aperture for uh, stuff that I take for enjoyment with my DSLR. Yeah, I think I've got to go down that same route, and um, that, that's a very good point, and um, I, I think one will perhaps come on to after I've, just finish this bit because there's a couple of things I want to chat to you about. Um, okay. None of this basically comes cheap, of course, and cost 
uh, of getting the items digitised can vary greatly between suppliers. Um, this is because of the processes that the company use or don't use. Um, some of them clean your images prior to scanning them. Some just put them through and just scan them. Now, I sent around 250 images, uh, and this quantity meant that I basically received a quantity discount. Um, but this discount is likely to have increased the more I sent up to a maximum discount, of course. Um, the process seemed to be the same for most companies I looked at. Some of them would go through a cleaning process of various different degrees. Some of them would digitize your images up to a higher resolution than others. And you have to decide, you know, what sort of um, DPI that you want your images set at. I actually used about um, 4,000 DPI, which is quite high, I think. Uh, but yeah. I, but I wanted to go quite high because I know I knew that some of the images um, would be important. And some of the images I'd think, oh, why didn't I get that um, digitized at a higher rate? Now, of course, you could go the other way and just get them done uh, at a very low resolution, which will probably not cost you as much, and then pick out the ones that you want and then get them re-digitized. But, you know, there is a little bit more of administration work if you're going to do that. Hmm. It's a good point. So, yeah. Go on. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I guess it just varies greatly depending on who you use. You know, like you were saying, some of them do a good job of cleaning them up. Some actually add dust and debris, which most people don't know. Actually, they don't. Yep. Uh, yeah. We used, we've been using Scan Cafe. I tried out Scan Cafe and we've been happy with them. It does get expensive if you've got billions and billions of old family photos. My dad's got so many slides, especially from when we lived in Japan. We've got tons and tons of slides, and he's trying to go through the process, and I keep offering him money, and uh, he keeps telling me no, but it's, it is a time-consuming project to get it ready, sort through every single slide, figure out what you want to send off, figure yep. out, like you said, you know, how good do you want this to come back, and what's it going to look like, so you've got to make some decisions there. And then you get it back and then, uh, you know, getting it off to family members and stuff like that. So there's a lot of work. If, you, you know, you get them back on DVDs or CDs, if you want to give copies to family, are you going to upload them somewhere? Are you going to ship those? Are you going to burn another copy? How, what are you going to do? And then the cost is not cheap. You, can't, you know, nobody's going to sit down and do their entire back catalog of photos all at once. No. It's going to take a long time. You're going to, this is going to be an ongoing project if you're like us and you've got all these family photos from decades. It's just an ongoing thing. So you, that's another organizational thing is prioritizing. Where am I going to start? What are the most important things that I really don't want to have <coughs> age and be destroyed and then it's too late? And so I got to get started now, but which ones do I start with? And uh, it's just an ongoing thing. My, su my suggestion would be to anybody... Um, and, and I did this, would be to perhaps take a few images that you're not too concerned about if you do lose, because obviously that's something else which you've, you've got to be aware of. But, I mean, the, the company that I used in the UK um, basically sent me an email as soon as they'd received them, which was very reassuring. And they did yeah. send the, uh, the images back in, in recorded delivery or, you know, registered post, which obviously I'd sent to them in registered post. But if you can find someone local, then that's great. But perhaps you want to just send them one or two and, and you take the hit of the high cost for them doing that. Um, just so you get an idea of their process, just so you get an idea of what you get back. And, mm -hmm. and so you get a feel of, you know, how good the images are and whether you're happy with dealing with that particular company. Because remember, if you lose your negatives, then you've lost your raw copy. Um, yes. Now, most people actually put their negatives away and never, ever, ever use them again. But it is a kind of backup. So just be aware of that. And I was going to ask you, actually, Scott, um, as uh, your father's got slides, has he got them all in, um, like, individual cases? Or are they actually in the cartridges ready to be watched? No, they're all in boxes. <clears throat> they're all in boxes. Little, yeah, exactly. So, you'd, so have yeah. To, you'd have to do the same thing and identify mm -hmm. them where they came from so that you could put, put them back into the right place and, and then... Absolutely, yeah. Re... re yeah refile them once they're done and of course with slides once you send them off that's it that's all you got yes and you have that yes. one slide and hey if that goes AWOL you're hosed forever on that one yeah yeah so you know be very 
reassured when you use a company. Make sure that you're quite happy with it, with them and the process. So, I mean, things still go wrong. You you, you can't guarantee absolutely everything, but um, right. there's humans. Little, involved. Yeah, there's humans involved. But uh, do a little bit of uh, thought, thought first, and have a bit of research. And basically, that's what I did. And uh, if anybody's interested in the UK, um, just give me a shout and uh, send me an email. Uh, we'll give you our contacts at the end, and you can. Uh, I'll tell you who I used and um, the cost that uh, was involved. Which I don't want to tell you the cost because they were doing a bit of a deal at the time. So if I give right. you a cost now, it's likely to be wrong, uh, and that's yes. why I'm not really mentioning cost because it can vary according to the quality that you use, according to the quantity that you send. Um, there's lots of parameters in. But overall, those images are now into my iPhoto library and um, being enjoyed by everybody. Now, I Yeah, once you get them digitized, it's amazing how much... It's like with my dad, he's got all these treasures, basically, and yes. they're stored in his house. And the minute he digitizes some, now we all have them. And lots of cool memories, a lot of cool memories. It's Definitely. a worthy project. And he started off trying to do this manually with a scanner, and without spending a ton of money, we weren't getting the results that we wanted. It just wasn't coming out well. And finally, we chucked it all and used one of these services and have never looked back. Yeah. Yeah, I can highly recommend it, certainly. And I'll I'll be doing more of my photos. I mean, the 250, I probably have got probably another probably another 10 times that that I want mm-hmm. doing. So, uh, and it's going to cost a bit of money, but you're dead right. Do it bit by bit, and then it's not too daunting. That's the thing. Don't don't take the project on thinking you'll get it all done in a weekend. Because yeah, I'll, I, I'll sit I, down tonight and do yeah, my photos. I can assure you, you won't. You really won't. Now, I quite like your idea, actually, um, Scott, that you mentioned earlier, the, of the fact that you use iPhoto fa- for family photos. Because I've actually got my iPhoto on a shared drive, which everybody mm-hmm. accesses. So the girls put, you know, photos into that um, that um, particular. Uh, filing system so that we can all see the photos, but they file them as they want them under their own uh, iPhone right. uh, library. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we, we also share it to um, to our Apple TV because they, you know, uh, the Apple TV is often on and we leave the Apple TV just flipping through the photos. So, you know, they're just, um, you get a glimpse, you go into the room and you occasionally get a glimpse of an old photo and then, you know, you want to sit and, and find it and then flip through them so it can be a bit of a time waster. <laughs> you, you go in there and you find your family crying in front of the TV. Yeah, something like that. Well, yes, probably because I've just probably because I've just walked in. That's why they're crying. But what <laughs> I, what I liked what you said was the fact that you use iPhoto for your family photos and you use um, Aperture for perhaps the more hobbyist photos that perhaps you take. Yeah, and I, I have to be honest, this might sound kind of stupid, but I actually felt guilty about that when I first started doing it because I felt like I'm reserving the good software for my <laughs> DSLR photos. And, oh, yeah, this family stuff can go on iPhoto. Who cares about that? It wasn't like that at all. No, but it was no. just a, I want to separate these because I am going to do more work on the pictures that I take for fun, you know, outdoor photos, whatever they be, with my DSLR versus my family photos, a lot of which might have been taken with an iPhone. Some of some of them have been taken with the DSLR. But I'm not going to do as much post-processing and thinking and evaluating and rating and and categorizing on my family photos as I am with with the ones that I take with the DSLR because the inherent value of the family photos is they are family photos. I yes. don't need to do a lot of work yeah. on them to to have them fulfill what they need to do for us. You know, they're that's in the photo itself. So I did decide to separate them that way, and uh, it's worked pretty well for me. But I've kind, I've kind of been thinking the same thing, but I, I've, I've got a problem in so much I, I, as I haven't been able to distinguish between what I deem to be... Um, because often I take the DSLR um, uh, on holiday with us, and so there's an awful lot of family photos that come yes. from that as yep. well. And the problem I've got is splitting the difference of the shot that I've taken for my own satisfaction and the family shot and also perhaps a view that we've all stood there and said, isn't that a fantastic view of the Cornwall coast? And, yeah. that, you know, do I do I take a great picture there and put it into my library? I suppose I could split it, of course, but, you know, 
Yeah, you could always use there. the. Uh, yeah, it is, and that's the thing. Like, if you do your import directly into iPhoto, or you do an import directly into Aperture, now you're faced with an additional choice. Okay, now I got to get these photos out. So you can always use the. Uh, what's the utility called? There's a utility on the Mac that you can uh, use to uh, the Im- pull your stuff in. Im- image cap. Image, yeah. image capture. Yeah. Image capture, it's and image it'll capture, let you. It it'll let you bring your stuff in, and then you the raw files on your hard drive and then you can take some of them to iPhoto and some of them to Aperture. And oh, one other thing, the one of the main reasons why I definitely wanted either Aperture or Lightroom besides the capabilities that they give you in post processing is I don't I don't exactly know how iPhoto deals with raw photos now, but it used to not really deal with raw photos very well, and I didn't want it screwing around with my raw photos. Right. So at the very least, I wanted to keep separate copies of those or use a separate program for managing those because I do shoot in raw with my DSLR. It's, it's the way to go if you want the most flexibility for post-processing and, and whatever. Well, and, it, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I actually shoot in raw as well and, and I found the uh, iPhoto handles it okay, but I don't know any different. So, well, I think it does a... I'm not sure that it actually keeps... When you're working on something in iPhoto, you're no, editing it. I, no, I no, 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 you're not anymore. Not anymore. Um, you, oh, they fix it, that. It, it used to edit the actual photo, but now it actually adjusts the metadata, which is what okay. I think. Which is what I think happens in Aperture and obviously Lightroom. It doesn't actually uh, adjust the actual image. No, I can take it back to its uh, original raw data, um, uh, original raw image. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That but, shows you how much I know about iPhoto because I just use it for dumping photos in and looking at it. And, and I quite, I quite like that idea. I think that's certainly something which, um, because I've been looking at going down that route because I do have far too many photos which um, I think I could probably move across to Aperture and, and mess about with and and do what I want to do, uh, yeah. which the family go move on, move on, move on. Yeah, right, exactly. That's <laughs> Seen a, it. Yeah, move on. I was going to bring that up, which is a lot of times you know I'll be working on photos that I've gone out and taken in landscapes or whatever, and. Uh, I'll be doing different treatments on them, and, and my family doesn't really care. Okay, they're nice, but great. Post them to Flickr, and we can look at them there. Let's not sort through all these photos of yours. Yeah. And if you're going to put them out to the Apple TV, you definitely want to separate them because you might have four different versions of a photo that you're working on. Yeah. Or, when you, of course, when you were taking the photo, you took ten different photos of the same thing. Which one am I going to like? And then who wants to look at all those on the TV? Nobody. Good point. And I think on that... If you'd like to take us out of this second break, I'd much appreciate it. You know how much pressure this is for me. <laughs> Every, well, you've got this beautiful wind-up that I just can't duplicate. So here's, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to say, okay, we'll go to break now. Please come back. We'll be right back. Well, I'll let Guy decide where he wants to yeah, end at that point. <laughs> you know what would be even better is if Guy just puts his own voice in there and startles everybody. <laughs> Brilliant. Not even one week. Just one week without me. Uh, Okay, okay, I get it. Everyone, please stand by to stand by. And we'll be right back with Gaz and Scott. There, how's that? Siri, can you help me find a good podcast? Why do you want to find a good baseball bat? Podcast, you... Well, I like to listen to Pocket Size Podcast. It's a great short podcast about all things iOS and iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. And it's got a great co-host. You mean Peter? No, me. (sighs) Could you just find me a good book instead? Why do you want to become a crook instead? I thought it was men that weren't supposed to be able to understand women. Now searching for men who don't understand women. Oh, there are about 3.5 billion of them on Earth right now. I can find support groups for you. Now searching for support groups for men who don't understand women. Look, there's 12 near you. One of them even is... Whether you're a man or a woman, you'll find Pocket-Sized Podcast to be a great resource for all things about Apple's iOS devices, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We feature reviews, interviews, and great coverage of all kinds of software and hardware devices. And the best part about it is, we don't talk about beta software, if you know who I mean. Ouch, that hurts. After all we've been through together. Find us at pocketsizepodcast.com. 
or search iTunes for Pocket Size Podcast. The G-Men. Better than you realize. But then they'd almost have to be. And welcome back to the last section of the MyMac.com podcast. In fact, I always say MyMac.com podcast. It's probably just MyMac podcast. I'm so integrated into the website. It's just, you know, I just can't help myself. Now, Scott has indicated a couple of times, and uh, I've mentioned it as well, um, an issue that he's had recently with his iTunes feed and his podcast. Now, what's this all about, um, Scott? Give, give, give us the, the, a brief outline, because I know that you and I um, spoke on your podcast uh, fairly in depth, but I think you've got an update. And if you'd like to point people to the podcast, they can perhaps take a listen at the heartache that you went through. Yeah, well, I do have a lot of issues, but we'll stick to this one about iTunes. <laughs> what happened is I've been doing Pocket Size Podcast for over a year. I started in December of 2010, I think. And it's been chugging along and, you know, tens of listeners have been thrilled every week when it comes out. <laughs> and it's been in iTunes and nobody's complained. And then all of a sudden I get an email. I'm I'm at work one day. And one thing about my job is there are times where I'm sitting at a desk, but there's many more times where I'm head deep in equipment and I, and I neck deep in equipment and I can't do anything. I don't, I don't have time to go deal with stuff. And I may work 12 or more hours. And I get in, it's in one such moment, I was doing something, but I had a bit of a break while I was waiting for some equipment to warm up so we could calibrate it. And I checked my iPhone, I checked my email, and I had an email from Apple, and I thought, how lovely, I love these guys, I know who they are. But the email wasn't very friendly, it rejected me, it said, your podcast has not been accepted into the iTunes store. And I thought, what do you mean? Yes, it's been accepted, it was accepted two years ago, you know, whatever, a year and a half ago. And I thought, I'm going to go look in iTunes right now. And sure enough, my podcast was gone, as though it had never existed. (laughs) I just... It's it's horrible. It's kind of like it's kind of like those things when you go to somebody's house and you see a picture of them on the fridge and you can tell they've cut somebody else out. Uh, that's how I felt. <laughs> I was the one that getting cutting out of the picture. Oh, iTunes was rejecting yeah, me. So anyway, yeah, they they dumped me out of the iTunes store, and there you go. And that was the email. It didn't say why. It didn't say how to take care of the problem. It didn't say you know, hey, in the future, let's. Yeah. talk again or anything and, like that it just said you're out of here and that's that's the conversation that scott and i had we, we went a little bit more in depth as to the reasoning possible reasoning behind that so if you want to hear our musings on that then go over to pocket size podcast or of course if you're already subscribed to the and now i'm going to get this wrong and i'm going to get told i know off. i know i know you, i hear you because i did that on my own so <laughs> i called it spotlight network twice in a row oh no no yeah it's not yeah it's not the, the stoplight network i don't i, I think i've almost oh, okay. got that sorted now in my mind okay. although both guy and i probably went through it um and did the, the same thing many times um but i'm just trying to remember what the um the group of podcasts is called because there's one where you can you can subscribe and it actually pulls all of the podcasts down in yeah. one fell swoop yeah, that's the Attack of the Stoplight Network. That's feed. it, Attack of the Stoplight Network. There you go. So if you want to listen to all of the podcasts there, you can you can go and uh, pull that one down and it pulls everything down, including your pocket-sized podcast. Now, one thing that yeah. was interesting was, even though it had been pulled from the iTunes, web, uh, iTunes um, environment, people who had already subscribed were still getting um, the recordings as you put them into your feed, weren't they? Yeah, and that's the beauty of iTunes with how it handles podcasts. All iTunes is is a front end. It's a display case, basically. And when you subscribe to a podcast, it passes on the actual podcast feed. They don't host anything. They don't have a feed. You have the feed. Your files are stored somewhere that you provided. And so all it does is is give that URL to the computer to your iTunes so that it knows how to keep receiving episodes. And so because none of that changed, people were okay. Yeah. So what they've done is taken you out of the shop window, haven't they, really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, I yeah. don't know who they replaced me with. Probably some boy. <laughs> they they but, didn't replace you. But have you got an update? I do have an update. Uh, I'm back in there. Yay. I had to resubmit it. I had to resubmit it as though it was a whole new podcast. I had to use a different URL for the feed, though, which created some problems for me. And then I had to change the title slightly. 
which involved uh, editing the title on my website. And then once it was back in, I set all that stuff back to normal. And finally, after two days of, um, I don't know, interesting language aimed at my computer and iTunes, everything seems to be sorted out. It's using the correct feed. It's using the correct new graphics provided by Donnie Yankalo of my Mac, for which I humbly bow in his direction. And uh, the artwork's good, so I shouldn't be getting kicked out of the iTunes store anymore if that was the problem. At, right now, at this moment, I'm happy. I don't know how long my happiness will last because I don't know when I'll be rejected again. (laughs) Well, if you'll reject again, we'll have you back on and we can, you know, we'll get the listeners out there all to do a search for it. And that might give them a a little bit of a, a little hint. Yeah. Now at this stage, we normally go into some picks. So I don't know whether I've uh, dropped this one in your lap or whether you, or whether you're pre-armed, although actually I did kind of ask you beforehand. Yes. 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 Let's not, let's not be coy. (laughs) <laughs> what's your pick scott oh you want my pick now okay <laughs> my pick is uh airfoil by rogue amoeba i know you guys have heard about rogue amoeba products before on this podcast i'm sure you must have and i know that rogue amoeba products help make this podcast in, in fact it certainly helped make mine but airfoil is an interesting little product and i know Anybody who's using a Mac and iOS devices now is familiar with the concept of AirPlay, especially if you're using iOS devices in an Apple TV or something like that. And uh, Airfoil kind of does that, but what I use Airfoil for is for something that at this point in time, at this point in time right now, you can't do with the current Mac operating system. And that is, I can use Airfoil to send audio to my iOS devices and... When I do that, I'm running an app on iOS called Airfoil Speakers. So it's a complimentary free app. And then it sets it up as a receiver. So it goes, oh, okay, I got it. I can I can receive audio from, from whoever's sending it. And it sees that and it'll send audio to it. Why do I do that? Well, okay, the current Mac Mini setup that I have, I had these ungainly speakers on my desk and I wanted to get rid of them. So I chucked them. Now all I have is my headphones. Sometimes I don't want to sit there with my headphones on. So I will send the audio to an iDevice, and then I can plug my iDevice into whatever speaker system, you know, charger setup I want, and I can hear it, and it sounds great. I can also send audio from my iDevice to my Mac, and I do that as well because anybody who's listened to my podcast may know that I use an app called Downcast, (laughs) and I use that for my podcast, and I can sync my podcasts between my iPhone and my iPad, but there's no mac equivalent and i don't want to manage these podcasts all over again in itunes on my mac so what i'll do is i'll play them on the iDevice and i'll use uh airplay on the iDevice and when you run airfoil speakers which is a free complimentary app on the mac as well to airfoil when i run airfoil speakers on the mac it looks like an airplay uh receiver so i can just send my podcast right to my mac and then i can sit on my mac and listen to it with my headphones and and be perfectly happy. And it works great. So take a look at that. It's on Rogue Amoeba's website. I'm sure there will be a link. I'll send guys the link. Yes, definitely. And, uh, definitely. and, you know, it's one of those things that I've known about for many years and I never had a, a use for it. And then all of a sudden I had a use for it and now I've been loving it. So, Well, I think I've got a use for uh, for that particular application, but I've, I've just not got around to implementing it because I, I'd love to be able to send music to different parts of the house. And uh, getting Airfall set up would probably be the the best way I could and probably cheapest way I could go around doing that. Yeah. Now, in fairness, I don't know what's going to happen with Mountain Lion because Mountain Lion's going to have more AirPlay functionality built into it. So Yeah, well, at, at least I think Rogue uh, Amoeba would, will be one of the companies that will look at trying to make sure it works, whereas um, we won't go into other companies that don't seem right. to have tried quite so much. But there you go. That's another story. Are, are they the same ones that kick people out of the iTunes store? <laughs> I don't know. I can't say. Um... I've got a pick. Now, basically, I've said if you want to look at uh, an image editing tool uh, but don't want to spend any hard-earned cash before you try and understand what it can do for you because, actually, that that happens to me a lot. Somebody says, oh, go and try this application because it does this. And I think I sit there trying to work out, okay, it does this. Now, does that mean that I'm going to use it? And it's partially the same with some image editing tools. Now, actually, this is a, it's still a little bit in beta, but it's an open source um, application. It's using the uh, new Cocoa uh, UI, 
Um, it's an open source image editor for the uh, for Mac Lion. It uses, as I said, the Cocoa framework, and it's got textures, anti-aliasing, text and brush strokes. It does lots of stuff. It's based around GIMP's technology um, for image em- editing, and it's free. Now, it is in beta, so you might come across one or two little issues, and, you know, you'd need to just send the um, developers an email, and they'll get right back to you, because that's the sort of things that uh, these people do. But if you're not sure about image editing and want to try something else and see whether you want to perhaps stay with this particular application or move on to perhaps a paid application, then Seashore is for you. And I'll put the links to Seashore into the show notes. But does she sell seashells? See, I can't even do it. <laughs> does she sell seashells on the seashore? No, I can't do it either. You know, I think Seashore has been around for a while because it seems to me like when I, I could be wrong, but I seem to remember this is one of the many freebies that I tried when I was trying to figure out when I was moving from Windows again and going back to the Mac. And of course, anytime you do that, there's a lot of software that has got to be replaced. Yeah. And so I didn't want to fork out the money for Photoshop. Of course, once I got into photography, I finally did. But uh, I I believe I've tried this in the past, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. I, I, one of the things, I mean, Pixelmator is a good one. Um, but it, it's just a matter of trying to find out what, whether, you know, whether an application is going to be something that you actually need, um, because right. very often you just need a basic image ed- editing tool and there are lots of options out there, but some people think, you know, well, do I actually need to do, how much do I actually need to do? And do I need to do this or this? And would this sort of, uh, application assist me? And that's really where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on, the nice that. thing about this is a lot of people on the Mac who are thinking about the high cost of high-end photo editors often get referred to a program called GIMP. Yes. And the nice thing about this is it does use GIMP technology, but it's it's much more user-friendly, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think it's got a, a bit of a, a a better UI for, for certainly new users. Now, we do have a people's pick, uh, and that's Week Calendar. Now, it's currently £1.49 in the App Store. Now, I don't know how much that will convert into US. It could be... $2.99. million. Dollars. $1 million. Yes, it could be $1 million. No. It's probably, it's probably, let me go take a look. I'll you you go take a look while I carry on. Uh, basically, this is um, a recommendation from um, uh, John Baptiste, uh, who's If the Face Fits. Um, I think his first name is Fitz. I'm not really sure. I'll have, to, I'll, have to, I'll have to have a word with him, I think. And he uses Week Calendar instead of the uh, inbuilt calendar that you get with your iPhone because. The other day, I suddenly had a duh moment where I turned the iPhone round and obviously got a slightly different UI interface for the calendar, which was better, but still not great. Um, anyway, this um, actually comes from, uh, in fact, I don't know who it comes from, but it, uh, the recommendation comes from, as I say, Fitz John Baptiste. I've actually bought it and I'm using it. You, It does ask you if you want to subscribe to sporting events and other events, but there actually seem to be in-app purchases, but I just use it for the day-to-day calendar uh, process that I've got, and um, I've not regretted it so far. I must admit, he did say that I won't regret it, and so far I haven't. But uh, you need a little bit more testing. Now, Scott, have one, you got one ninety-nine. It's one ninety-nine. There you go. Uh, yeah. You know, ha- cheap at half the price. But there again, yeah. I suppose it would be. I think uh, it's perfect for Fitz because he's a big boxing fan, or as I believe you call it in the UK, boxing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Fitz is actually a listener of mine too, and he's he's a character. I like Fitz. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Um at this point, a uh, guy would probably jump in and say Facebook page, mention it, and you know, we need likes for it. He's only at 125. Foolish and petty, yes, I know. Uh that's a comment from Guy. Um foolish and petty, yes it is. But if you really like to go over and like the Facebook page over it's my mac podcast on facebook there i've said it guy is that enough do i have to move they, on they like you they really really like you hey i'm going in the opposite direction somebody unliked me i had <laughs> look i'm i'm not even gonna mention how many likes i have here because it's so pathetic that it doesn't even count for anything let's just say that we don't have enough likes yet to get the fancy url that people can remember it's a chicken and egg problem nobody can find it so they can't like it but somebody unliked me. I noticed yesterday I had one less like, and I thought, what did I do now? Is it because, is it, are they tired of me screwing things up? Because I did change the feed when I moved 
the podcast off the MyMac site. Uh, my there you go, you see. Podcast. Oh, if he's changed the feed, I'm going to unlike him. And then yeah. I got booted from iTunes, and they're probably like, you know what? <laughs> Screw this. I'm going to go to some stable podcast where they know what they're doing. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, well, we're lucky enough to have that that special page, you see, but uh, it's because we've got some fantastic listeners out there. And, you know, it's not all down to uh, Guy and I. It's The podcast has been around a long time, and, you know, Tim and Dave and all the previous uh, incumbents have, yes. uh, yeah. have certainly helped. So, uh, And you are now one of those people that have helped the MyMap podcast, you see? Wow. You see, well, Scott? It's you should reserve a- judgment until you see how many listeners just write in <laughs> scathing reviews. Well, it's all right. I'll forward them on to you. So oh, now, if you, uh, <laughs> if you send an iTunes review and you're outside of the US or UK stores, um, please let us know so we can read it on, on air and Guy will send you a wooty. They're very special, these Wooties, I'll tell you. They're great. Um, and I think, actually, Scott's going to receive one um, for turning oh. up, to be honest with you. Um, no, I think I already did. It oh. was called the copy oh. of Downcast for okay. uh, my friend Peter Bird. <laughs> no, no, you'll get another Wooty. Um, but here's um, Guy's brother, Larry, has sent in a German uh, the translation of the German iTunes review. Uh, and I think we pretty much got close to it. He says, um, the only minor edit that has been done is... Uh, Britain for British. So I'll I'll make that change actually in the um in the translation. It says super podcast, very entertaining, talks of an American and a British. Oh well that should be Britain. No, that's correct actually. That is not incorrect. That is correct. And a Britain. Yes, you wouldn't say and a British. So no. no, that is correct. It says in addition to high entertainment value and current practical information from the Mac and technology world. So yeah. Very happy with that one. We also have another iTunes review from the US, which Guy has thrown in. Um, it, now, it's very small, so you'll just have to excuse me. It says they are one of the best Mac podcasts out there. I love their sense of humor and the information about Apple products. It can be a little geeky sometimes. They can't be talking about this. They must be. They must have got that wrong. He says, but that's okay. I love that this podcast is fun. Um, and, oh, I can't read that. It's so small. Uh, can't read that. Oh, I don't believe it. It's, the problem is we can't actually pull these out. Well, let uh, me look. I can't, no, I can't read that. So oh, now I've messed up this little review because it's gone completely. It's, you see? Here, well, thought, let me take a look. I'll look th- at, this is in the US store, right? Yeah, you thought, you thought um, I think it's reachable even to Mac newbies like myself. They have become one of my favorite podcasts. I, I, I feel like Guy and Gaz are good friends Relatable. Now. Relatable, is it? Oh, okay. Fun and relatable even to Mac newbies like myself. There you go. Well, thanks very much to Andrew Dickinson. And I think you've probably got a Wheaty en route. Wheaty? Wooty. Weedy, you see, hey, you, they have weedies. Do you guys have weedies over there? <laughs> we do actually. We do actually. <laughs> you see, you, were th- you before you started and you helped me on this. You thought I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I know. Well, I know you know what you're doing. Hey, uh, yeah. When you said it was going to be a small review, I thought you meant like it was one word, like nice or something. No, like no. That. Sorry, sorry. The image that is posted into the Google Docs oh, is, has okay. to be an image capture from the iTunes review because you can't copy the wording, and right. you have to resize the image because it's only small to fit in the. There you go. That's yep. you know that's yep. that's our problem. That was my problem. I should have done it beforehand. But thanks very much, Scott. I don't know what I'd have done without you there. Oh, probably just yep. carried on. Um. <laughs> Anyway, less interruption. <laughs> anyway, where can people contact you, my friend? Me? They want to contact me? Uh, yes. They can, if you go to pocketsizedpodcast.com, I have a contact page and it will tell you more than you've ever wanted to know about contacting me uh, and, you know, about the podcast. I mean, really, that's the only, you know, that's the only circumstance that you'd want to know me in isn't related to the podcast. So, yeah, go there. I have a Twitter account listed on there and, uh, facebook page and g plus page and uh other things that nobody's ever liked <laughs> and then and then, and then if they did they immediately regretted it and went back and undid that uh so there you go yeah pocketsizepodcast.com superb and uh i can highly recommend scott's podcast i've listened to it from day one um you can contact guy at guy at mymac.com uh you can contact me at gaz at mymac.com you can also send uh, emails to feedback at mymac.com and those go to fearless leader Tim, who will then probably forward them 
onto us and either sack us or reduce our pay from zero to minus zero. Um, you can contact Guy on the Twitters at, and I'm, I'm wondering whether Scott's going to jump in here, so let's see if he does. You can contact Guy at twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot. Perfect. Um, you can contact me at twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz, G-A-Z-M-A-Z. Uh, you can contact either Guy or myself at twitter.com uh, Guy and Gaz, G-U-Y-A-N-D-G-A-Z. And we have a Skype number. <laughs> now, now, I'm going to test you. Uh, Scott, do you know what that Skype number is? Let me think. 703-436-9501. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Now, you did what a lot of people do, including myself. You said seven, I think you said zero, 703. Yes. 436-9501. So why didn't oh. you say 703-436-9501? And it's not, it, I'm not having a go because I do exactly the same. Why do people do that? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's you like when, well... it's when I say my number. It's, you know, my telephone number, 01604. And then I've got some zeros in the back end of the number and I put the zeros in. I don't know why I do that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just crazy. What's the next Humanity word? cannot be explained. No, no, not at all. So what's the next word, Scott? End. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the Tech Fan Podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. By the way, I listened to 400 and it was very good. And I meant to stick in here somewhere a congratulatory comment to you guys, and I didn't. But congratulations, that's huge, and it was a great podcast too. So there you go, guy. Stick that in somewhere. Stick that in somewhere. <laughs> there you go. Stick it in there. This week you had Gaz and Scott. No guy because work had him fraught. Fortunately, Scott had the time with PSP and iTunes so unkind. As Dave and John say, he got caught. <laughs>